You're listening to the Awkward High Five Podcast. You can follow along in your book. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. This is pitiful. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. What a hype. Sounded like they used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're hypocrites. All of you. You got a problem with what I'm saying, Larry? Untie your tongue and you come out here and talk, huh? Am I upsetting you, princess? You know, you want a prediction about the weather. You're asking the wrong Phil. I'll give you a, a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life. Awkward High Five Podcast. Uh, my name is Devin. And I'm Richard. And, and it's Groundhog Day, yes. right? I gotta tell you something. Um, I think I'm getting sick of the movie thing. Yeah. Well, it's I shouldn't say I'm getting sick of it, but I just like... Uh, time to switch it up. Yeah, I think it's time to switch it up. We'll right? come up with something crafty. Yeah, because when we started, we started doing the, uh, the movie quotes in the beginning of the episodes, it was kind of more of like... Uh, that was like back when we were we started the podcast mm-hmm. and we were we were talking about ourselves. Yeah, and, and it, it kind of defines us a little bit because we always spoke in movie quote our whole entire lives. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like we like back then we were we were um, kind of explaining who we were and our friendship with each other and we were kind of going through our life with each other a little mm-hmm. bit like the stages and everything and we thought it would be a good idea to start using movie quotes that mean you we used to say all the time. Yeah. Which we did for a long time, and we mm. still do. I mean, most of them have, but now it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, like I just like I love the movie Groundhog's Day. I fucking love it, but I just started. I just used that today because I was like, it's grounds Groundhog's Day. This makes sense. And, yeah. I'll, and and although me and you have quoted Groundhog's Day before, that wasn't like a like a a, a movie of our past that I would say was like a big deal to us, mm. like say UHF or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I'm I I'm just talking about this now and. Speaking of movie quotes, there's something I wanted to tell you when we were talking Die Hard. It may not be that funny, but uh, to me, it's pretty damn funny. <laughs> okay, uh, so we're back in a Die Hard oak already? Just real quick. No, it's I fine. Wa- I wanted to tell you something that you didn't know, and I think it was pretty damn funny because uh, it has something to do with the boisterous Giordano nights out. You oh, okay. Know? Yeah, sure. So we were talking Die Hard all night while we were out drinking and getting rowdy and shit. Is this one of the nights in um, New York? New York, uh-huh. yeah. So, <laughs> so for people at home who don't know, 
Um, in, in case you haven't heard Rich refer to this in <laughs> prior episodes, Rich has two brothers, one younger, one older. All three of them are pretty loud, drunk Italians, and they have uh, these nights out in the city every uh, every once in a while. Yeah, a couple usually times around Yankee and Ranger games. Right, and they yeah. just go into the city and they could just get shit house drunk and be three really mm-hmm. loud, stinking Italians. And for some reason, I'm always the voice of reason that keeps the, I'm the glue that keeps us uh, organized, which is so weird. Which does not happen anywhere else on the face of the planet <laughs> yeah. ever. But uh, one night we were uh, we were in a, on a diehard kick, of course, because it always comes out here and there. But we we're driving around New York City in the back of a cab with the windows rolled down, yelling at everybody as we drive by, going, "Where are my detonators? <laughs> Where, or shall I shoot another one?" Okay, was this uh, before 9-11 or after 9-11? No, it was after 9-11. Probably not the best thing to I run know. around New York screaming. That's what we were saying, but that's what made it so much more funny, because <laughs> we're like, where are my detonators? And your cab driver's like, right here in the front seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many do you need? In which building are you doing it? But, on? of course, that's a had-to-be-there joke, but it's so funny when you're screaming, where are my detonators out of a cab in New York, right, right downtown. I've had some of the most fun I've ever had drunk driving around cabs in New York. Mm-hmm. Some fun stuff. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I kind of always wished that we jumped into the cash cab because I would school that thing. When I, when I would, uh, when I was working in New York and, and the cash cab was still a thing and we would be like out, you know, bar hopping and shit like that. And I was trying to, uh, flag down a cab. You would always look for the ones that were kind of SUV. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd yeah. always do that. Like I'd see it and I'd try to get that one. I'm like, please be cash cab. Please be cash cab. Oh, that'd be great. Although I, I watched cash cab a lot. And I don't know if I'd be able to deal with the stress of the situation, even though you're only talking about like a couple hundred bucks. Like nobody yeah, wins like those real money. Questions are so easy. But here's the here's the situation, right? You're probably out. Like most of the people that get into those into the cab are like tourists or something like that, or people that are bar hopping. Yeah. So imagine you're like a normal dude, like we are, and and you're going out for the night, and and like you got your money for the night, but it's not like you're sitting there balling and throwing money around. And then you get in this cab, and then all of a sudden, the chance to pick up a thousand dollars that you could then say, "All right, I can now. I have a free thousand dollars to go out in Manhattan, just do whatever I want." Yeah. You know, like. That alone, That's I think. Awesome. I know, but I would be. I think if I was in it, I'd be freaking out a little bit. Like I want this to happen. I want this <laughs> you to wanted happen. it so bad that you, the adrenaline would be pumping. And don't they? And don't they have like a catch at the end of that? Like all game shows do, where like a what's in the box, like that kind of thing. Like uh, uh, yeah, I think you could either risk it all and go for the final question and double your money, or, or lose walk. It all. Yeah, yeah, walk out with what you have. Yeah, yeah. but so, you get three strikes though. You get three, but still. I would think that'd be amazing because those questions are so easy and that's like free money, <laughs> you know, and if we got the money up to a point where it was good enough, I wouldn't even do the double or nothing. I would just take the cash and be out, <laughs> party with it. Um, yeah, that's not around anymore. Do you know that that show, which is the weirdest fucking like concept for a show, I'm just going to drive around that dude, Ben Bailey, he's yeah. a stand up. I'm just going to drive around the city and, and then pick people up and quiz them. Like, uh, became such a big show that they do that in other cities now. Like, there's a cash really? cab, like, in fucking Dubai and a cash cab <laughs> in France and shit. Like, people, like, not stole, but just adapted that idea and kept doing it. It's a good idea, you know? And they, it's not like it's ridiculous, like, Jeopardy, where they give away thousands. It's like, you know, starts out at 50, then to 100, then to 200. Just enough to where the people could win their money and go out and have a good time in the city. Which right. is, it's great. It's a great concept, you know? Yeah. Especially for New York. Well, anyway, like I started, I I think we're, we we got to be done. We, we, maybe there'll be a few more episodes, but we me and you have to sit down 
and come up with a new uh, new format. A new, not, well, yeah, not a new format, but just a new beginning, yeah. like a, a, a cold opening, if you will, well, of the show. We promise to keep it interesting, but it is going to switch off. Yeah, sooner or later. Yeah, because I mean, I can't be sitting here on YouTube looking up fucking movie course yeah. all the time. Like, what we're going to use next. We're going to run out of goodies. Plus, another thing is, is that uh, you know, technically, it, uh, we're I guess we're not really supposed to be using those. And as as the listenership of the Awkward High Five podcast increases, which it has been doing steadily um sooner or later that might become a problem you know yeah when you fear the lawsuit you know i do <laughs> when... plus i lost my amazing lawyer so i can't can't be messing around too much anymore how'd you lose your lawyer to death no i just didn't pay him oh so this because is... he overcharged because i found out that he knew i paid i paid him cash you know and he would just pocket it and not of course, like anyone else that you would pay cash to, would pocket it and not claim it, you know? Yeah, of course. And uh, he was taking so much advantage of me that I found other people that he would, you know, give his lawyerings to, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and he would charge them so much less than he was charging me because he was, like, using me because he knew it would be cash. Really? Yeah. How did you find time. this out? I knew someone else that he represented that did one, he did one a very a very similar case for them that he did for me, and he probably charged me maybe about two three thousand more than he charged them. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. So I told him to shove it, and I wasn't paying him shit. And this is your recent lawyer, like your last. Uh, uh... Oh, I've I've been using him since two thousand and ten. Huh. And you've gotten some shit since 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I mean, no, no bad things for the man. I mean, I, I would still re- refer him to people because he's gotten me out of things that God couldn't get me out of. He was an amazing lawyer. I give him a lot of respect. A lot of his shit is possibly crooked because he knows so many people and does so many favors that he's owed favors. But at the same time, his crookedness affected my wallet because he was just totally taking advantage of me because he knew how desperate I was to get out of this trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would. I. I almost. I would almost uh, guess that a lawyer working in New Jersey representing the type of trouble that you might get into and something like that would probably maybe be a little. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to say mafia connected but like you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Everybody well, in New Jersey. I, I like those kind of guys. Yeah. Of course. I'm just saying. Like you know. Uh, it, it, anybody in New Jersey, all the politicians, uh, everything. It's it's crazy how this state is just yeah. so mob tied. Yeah, it's not Mantawak County, <laughs> right? But it, it but oh, man, it's like it, you can you can't get out of it. Speaking of, um, keeping in my streak of let's say with Die Hard, where I've I'm decided to go back and like watch some things that that the rest of the world has enjoyed for a very long time, and I did not watch for some, one reason or another. I decided on a whim the other night to start watching The Sopranos. Okay, which and I, you've never watched The Sopranos? Never seen it. Oh, it's amazing. When, well, here was my thing, okay? When, when that show was out, number one, when that show was out, I wasn't watching much television. I was much, much younger. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, we were we were doing the band thing. I was, I was yeah. you know. I, I watched barely any, any television yeah, at that right. moment, too. Yeah. Well, it's just, that's the way life goes. You get older. We're now in our mid-30s. Things have calmed down a little bit as mm. far as that stuff goes. So, you know, you need some entertainment. Especially me. Like, you know, I work all day and then I'm, yeah. I'm by myself at night. So I'll throw on a, whatever. Of course. And uh, and so I just just decided I, I have HBO Go and I was flipping through and I've seen most of the shows 
Um, and uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give this a chance. But my thing was when we were younger and everybody was loving it, I always used to say, why am I going to watch a, a, a fucking television show about Italians from North Jersey? I spent my whole life avoiding Italians from North Jersey. <laughs> oh, you got one sitting right here, baby. No, I know. But I'm saying, like, growing up growing up in this area in, uh, in central New Jersey. Yeah, you got your fill. <laughs> yeah, everybody is from Staten Island or, you know, and they're all Italians and it's all, uh, the gabagoo, the gabagoo. Everyone's doing the, the over the top fucking hey, Italian I'm not thing. A I know you're not, but oh. most people are. Yeah, I know. And, uh, so when I watched that show and I saw those guys doing that fake Italian thing, it just kind of turned me off. I know. So I watched the first season. So much cool shit happens. I watched the first season and I, I, yes, it's, it's, it's very good. Well, let me say this, uh, uh, and I'm sure it gets better as it goes on as most shows do, um, but uh, there was a lot of corny shit, and and maybe yeah, maybe the only reason that I saw it as corny shit in the first season was because now The Sopranos is held so high up in the echelon of television shows, like that's everybody's most favorite show of all time. Yeah, that so I wasn't expecting. I guess I was going into it expecting like the writing to be like top notch and the acting to be top notch, and in the first season at least, because that's as far as I've gotten, it's not. There's a lot of corny things. There's a lot of things where I'm just like. Well, that's weak writing. I'm like, never a fan of the first. They season. just threw that in, but I'm sure it gets better. It does, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and absolutely. I'm going to stick with it. I will and finally be the last person, much like Die Hard. Mm. I will be the last person on earth to watch The Sopranos. And that's the cool thing about David Chase is that he doesn't slack on his like existentialism or his uh, the struggles that Tony goes through psychologically, which of course. Uh, affects and increases the fact that he's a sociopath right and you know it does a lot of flashbacks to his youth which also contributes to that factor so it's just a lot of creative writing that if you you know you take it for what it is it's it's a mob boss from you know north jersey but at the same time the struggles he goes through mentally really add to the fact to make it such an entertaining show yeah 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 right And, and i see i look i know i see automatically within a few episodes in i saw why the world would have just fucking like it like crumbled for that show which it did and that show blew up so big and i understand why you know i know but um so you can't I do that it. i'm sorry I love i'm it. articulate <laughs> I, just so everyone knows at home and it's happened last episode is i shake my hands a lot and richie always makes it seem like i'm putting dicks in my mouth i'm not <laughs> looks i like, swear i'm looks not. like a big blowing orgy um well, uh no but uh <laughs> uh yeah so fucking uh i could tell right off the bat i was like i understand why people watch this because it has the aspects of everyone's favorite movies like The Godfather and The Goodfellas and Casino, yeah. you know, but it also has that sensitive side to it. Yes. And which I think, yes. I think paved the way for like, uh, like, uh, you know, like let's say Breaking Bad with, with Heisenberg with Walt, mm-hmm. right? Like he's kind of the same kind of character. Yeah. And I think. Where you relate to the bad guy. Yeah, right. You yeah. kind of end up rooting for the bad guy, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 you see where he came from and what his sensitivity is. And, exactly. You know. Exactly. I love that. Now, I love when you, when you can relate to the bad guy because you know the way we romanticize criminals in America and organized crime. It uh, you know, th- they totally exploit the shit out of that. And yeah. They, they make us love the bad guy. Right. Because we always do. The the mafia to us is almost like our Superman. Right. Yeah. I also, another thing, and I'm, I'm sure anybody at home listening to this right now, in the same way that they did when I was talking about Die Hard, are probably going like, yeah, we know, Dick. We yeah, watched yeah. this show 10 years mm-hmm. ago. 
I get it. But I'm just spouting my opinion on my motherfucking podcast. Yeah, no, um, seriously, you gotta take our um, passionate about it. Another thing that I really liked about it is they kind of show through whoever writes the show, at least the first season. Yeah, David Chase. No, yeah, right. But I'm saying whoever writes the dialogue. I'm uh, sure okay. David Chase didn't write every episode. Right, right, you, you right. Know. But um, but whoever who's writing the show, at least in the first season, they use little uh little things to show how like how mentally small these people really are. Mm-hmm. Like um, there was one line that just caught me off guard that, that I really dug. I forget who even said it. I think it might have been I don't know who it was, but it was one of the like side gangster guys, and he's arguing with his wife or his girlfriend, and he says, uh, "You're like an albacore hanging around my neck." <laughs> I love it. You know what I mean? And it was like it, that was like a perfect line because. You know, obviously it's albatross. Yeah. And this guy was like trying to be intelligent, but instead <laughs> he said, You have tuna hanging around my neck. Yeah. You know, and I was like, Damn, that's fucking good. And writing. that's another big thing, too. Like, if you, if we actually knew true organized crime members, especially in the mafia and La Costa Nostra, these guys were fucking dummies. You know, they were just dummies that pulled triggers. They really weren't intelligent. Maybe, the, the, you know, when you move up the ladder to the capos and the bosses, whatever, maybe, you know, they were smart businessmen. Yeah. And as the years went on and as it became more of a, a business-related thing, they knew their stuff and they weren't just thugs. But the majority of the mafia were just straight dumbbells. Well, let me tell you something that I've learned about life. Mm-hmm. Um, in my almost 36 of years of being on this fucking planet mm-hmm. is that uh, everybody's fucking idiots. Yes. And and you might look at like certain like let's say giant corporations or government or something like that and you think because you're not a part of it that these are like a bunch of smart ass motherfuckers in a room making decisions. <laughs> if you're a fly on the wall in that room you're fucking – you'll see how dumb these people are. Oh, totally. You know, I worked for a giant corporation. Now, I'm not going to act like it was some, like, real important corporation or or even, like, a Google or anything like that. But it was a billion-dollar corporation um, that had to make a lot of big money decisions. And I and at a certain point, I was in rooms with these big decision makers, you know, that were beholden to people like uh, Mitt Romney and shit, you know, because Bain owned the company at some point. And, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, – and, um, and so, like, I'm in the room at, at some point uh, with these people, and I was just thinking to myself, or, or I'd be on conference calls or whatever it may be, uh, and I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, these people are making millions of dollars a year and making the decisions for this giant corporation because these people are fucking idiots. <laughs> like, they would do the same kind of thing. Like, they would say, yeah, there's an albacore around my neck. You know, like, <laughs> like they would. it was the same kind of thing. And you're like, oh, man, like, how? They couldn't they, understand simple grammar. Yeah, or they would write something and they wouldn't, they would do the, 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 the most infuriating thing in the world of not being, knowing which you're to use, you know, or which they're to use yeah, or, yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Which I would like to also say, um, I know that I'm flopping all over the place here. It's all right. It's what we do. But uh, um, I think I I might be having mini strokes because the other day I was writing (laughs) and I wrote the word what, right? And then I stared at the word what for a good, I'd say at least a solid minute. It felt like much more, but I'm going to say it was about 60 solid seconds where I stared at the word what that I just wrote, W-H-A-T. And I did not know what the fuck it was. Have you ever had that happen before? Yes, it happens with the word these. These? That yeah. happens to you? Yeah, that's a tough word for me. Sometimes I'll be like, is it two E's and an S-E or is it an E? I always have a problem with the word these. So you don't know how to spell it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like, yeah. The, And I've had that happen before too. Um, that happens a lot, actually, where like it's a simple word that you that you know that you know how to spell, but for some reason you just your brain starts fucking misfiring. 
But this was even weirder because I wrote the word what? I wrote it out. You know what I mean? So it, it, like I wrote like what's going on because I was transcribing a four non blonde song. No, I don't but but fucking I just wrote uh what's you know what and then I stared at it and like for and just could not comprehend what that word was like what it meant what it meant what how it sounded like it just it was i went into this weird black hole of my brain and then like if i was a kid i'd be like all right you know whatever maybe this is a fucking weed or you know i'm just fucking maniac and uh but now as i'm getting older i'm like am i having a stroke is this an (laughs) am i gonna have a fucking aneurysm tonight is is everyone gonna find me dead like you know or i'm just gonna start screaming what 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 and then die (laughs) It freaked me out a little bit. It scared me yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it is freaky. I remember uh, this always sticks in my head. I want to say it was like probably about third or fourth grade. And you know how, you know, you do you read something, you do something, the teacher has you step, to, step up to the blackboard and write it down on the blackboard. And uh, the name of the book, you know, I was writing a book tile on the board and the word baby was in it. And I'm sitting up at the blackboard like, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> and then I write B-A-Y. B-A-Y. Baby. <laughs> baby. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not right. So I erase it, and I start writing something else, and, and it was something, and I hear everyone laughing, and I'm like, holy shit, I gotta look at the book. So I made it seem like I was going back to get like an eraser or some shit, and I like, peeked at the book, and I had a, I realized that it was just B-A-B-Y, and I was like, that, that is so weird. Like, that, how in the world does that make baby? Uh, so okay, so you're saying like spelling. You, you you were very young at this point, yeah. So you didn't, you, but it was a word that I wrote. Oh, but you already knew. Right? I had no problems with this word. I just stopped and I I was thinking to myself, how is it spelled this way, and how does that even make sense? And I guess that contributes to the world saying that our language is one of the more difficult languages, right? Which you know, looking at other languages, you can't see why because it's ours. But I, I can having, see why I was having such problems with the word baby. Well, it's more with the the grammar setup that people think that we're weird, not the actual spelling of words. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's where my difficulty lies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what we're saying here is that we're both fucking retarded. Yes. No, I'm, it's what it is is we have so much useful and amazing intelligence that we kind of take the little stuff that <laughs> and we, we throw it aside. Just to make more room for the big stuff, you know? Uh, okay, I'll take that so I don't end up killing myself. That's what I, that's what I continue to tell myself, just to make myself feel better. It is a very weird uh, thing, though. Like, uh, you fall into these, these like, mind gaps sometimes. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, uh, like have you ever... Uh, this is going to be so hard to even explain with words. But have you ever gotten into the, the thing where it's almost like you're thinking, but you're not thinking. It's almost like you're... You're you're aware of the fact that you're thinking and that it's weird, and then the thinking is kind of taking place on another plane. And it happens to me a lot. Every once in a while, I'll start thinking about why humans exist. Right. So so the, and it's not even something that I'll sit down. It's not like I'll sit down at the end of the night, turn off the light, you know what I mean, and then lay down and be like, why do humans exist? It's not that. Sometimes it'll just pop into my brain of I'll picture the universe. And I'll picture our planet and it's just I start thinking, why is it that whatever it is that we get to have life and and that shit? So when I start thinking about that and it's much deeper than that, but I'm I'm so stupid that I cannot relate this to you people at home right now. I don't I don't I understand where you're going. But that throws my brain into this Mm -hmm. weird kind of loop, which is kind of the weird feeling that I got when I was looking at what and couldn't understand. (laughs) And it's almost like an out of outer body experience where where you uh you you, you like 
you almost step out of yourself and like let in your gears and your brainers. You see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Does that happen to you all the time? Do you have something like deep and existential that you that you like ponder sometimes? Um. Well, I mean, everyone knows at this point that I'm fascinated by how we stick to the world and not fall off. The whole gravity thing. <laughs> so gravity's a big yeah, deal for you? Yeah, gravity's a very big deal for me. And now we have uh, a rapper. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the rapper B.O.B. And he's on this big kick right now where he's trying to convince the world. And uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Tyler Degrassi? <laughs> the fuck's his name <laughs> neil degrasse tyson yeah that yeah, dude yeah. he's trying to convince him that the world is flat yeah i saw that yeah. but here's the fucking thing i i'm sorry but we have science right you know what i mean yeah. so like that's cute and you're trying to get your name out there and probably tr- it's probably like a pr move and exactly, everything like that exactly but like he probably has a song that's like you know flat world or some shit but i mean i get it like uh um I'm, i don't know bob but i'm guessing he's a he's a black gentleman he's right? a conscious nigga yeah right yeah <laughs> and uh and uh, an intelligent gangster. Yeah. But 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 the thing is, with a lot of black people, uh, and I, you know, I'm not I'm not saying this in any sort of racial way, but a lot of black people are really religious, and there's a lot of them out there, people that I know, people that I respect and have talked to, I've worked with, that believe that uh, that evolution isn't true. And believe that the world is only six thousand years old, and they believe all that because they're, because they're so religious. That's amazing. So I, right I, I, to me, it doesn't make any fucking no. sense. I'm, because I saw this thing on the internet where they do the uh, evolution from monkey to man. Did you see that thing where they do that facial transformation to show the the faces of man going from ape to man? I've and never seen an actual animation uh, of it. I mean, we're all familiar with the with the the monkey walking right. and turning I, into the man. It, it wasn't like that at all. Oh, okay. It was just a straight up face. Right. And it shows how the the bone structure and other things on the face changed from monkey to man throughout the years of, you know, from being on the planet. Right, right. right. And there is one moment of time where man was actually Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was closer to the caveman days, of course. Right. But I'm talking fucking twin of Don Cheadle. Really? Yeah. So if, if you're trying to tell me that, you know... This wasn't evolution. You're crazy because Don Cheadle will tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, but but uh, it, it, there, it's it's insane to me um, in the year 2016 that anybody would would discount evolution like it doesn't exist. I know, but you know what, man? I've seen a lot of shows out there, and you, I, I'm very big in the conspiracy thing, and I'll never take one answer to be true when it comes to things that. How could we possibly know unless someone fucking wrote it in exact words? And even if that, even that wouldn't even tell us the truth. We, we need solid evidence and we don't. We, we mostly speculate. I'm, I'm a big believer in science. But at the same time, when people tell, when those shows tell me that there was some type of alien influence that helped us evolve, Kind of a believer. Well, there's no proof against that. I know. It's, it's, it's a wild theory. I know. But, um, but you, if you were to talk to any scientist, none of them could disprove the fact that, that, well, number one, it, it's almost a fact now that, it, that alien life forms do exist. Of course. Right? How it's, can they fucking not? No, they, like, we're the only planet out of all of those galaxies that has one planet that's close enough to a sun to give life. Cause that's all it is. Right. When it's not. So if, if the, if the, if the universe is, is infinite in the way that they feel that it is, mm-hmm. um, if there's that many stars and that many planets out there floating around, there has to be another Earth. Meaning yeah. there has to be a place where if if 
and this is a big if, our circumstances here on Earth, so the amount of, of you know, uh, oxygen and carbon dioxide and the, and the water and everything that mixes together, the gases and everything that produce life, if this is the only circumstance that, that life could exist in, there has to be another planet out there at those same circumstances. Therefore, there has to be a virus. So this is, you know, we all know this. But um, uh, what I was going to say is that science, that can't disprove that. But it also can't prove the fact that people have ever come to Earth, you know, like those planets might be so far away. And, you know, all that shit's very interesting. But the uh, the thing with evolution is like science has pretty much proven evolution. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I'm and I'm like uh, I, I've, I've gotten much more spiritual as I get older, but I'm not I'm definitely not an organized religion type person. I understand. Yeah. And um, so the only thing that I am I'm ever looked to believe is 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 hard science. Mm-hmm. If you through numbers and through whatever can prove it to me that this is what happened, then then you you have to believe it. And at least that's as far as I go with it. You no, know? I totally believe you too. I mean, of course, I believe that there's nothing wrong with having a religion. Having religion is a great thing. Having faith is a great thing. It makes you feel better as a person. It gives you hope. It gives you, you know, nothing but positivity. But once you turn that positivity into, you know, an evangelistic type thing where you're slicing people down and cutting them apart for what they don't believe in, of course it becomes negative. But it's always good to have something to believe in to make you better as a person yourself. Give me something to believe in. Exactly. Even, even Brett Michaels. Oh, that was, yeah, that was Poison, right? For some yeah. reason, I thought that was Bon Jovi. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay, so Sopranos, I like it so far. I'll let you know as I get further into it. How, yeah. many, how many seasons are there? Uh, I think six or seven. Oh, really? Yeah, it, yeah, I think it went from 99, 2000 to like 2007, 2000, yeah, around that time. Doesn't Steve Buscemi show up at some point? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah that's when things start getting good. I was looking forward to that. Because I was like, all right, where my Buscemi at? And yeah. then he wasn't there. And I was like, oh. There's one scene where Buscemi's walking down the block. He, he needs money. To, he wants to start up this massage parlor or just something like that. And uh, a car speeds around the block getting chased by the cops. And they throw a duffel bag out the window into the woods. He opens up the duffel bag, mad cash and crack. And it's like, why the fuck can't that happen to me? <laughs> why can't I find a big bag of money and crack? And then he throws out the crack. I'm like, bro, that's like throwing out money. Sell the crack. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Maybe he didn't want to get caught with a bunch yeah, of crack. Yeah, he was on probation. But yeah. at the same time, give it to somebody who will sell it. Do it at a wholesale price. You're just making more money. All right, stop ruining for me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm That's just one scene that I'm very passionate about because it's why can't I find the goddamn duffel bag? I'll walk the streets every night for the rest of my life until I find the damn duffel bag. You know why? Because that's a television show, and that shit doesn't happen I'm, in real I'm life. I'm sure it's happened to somebody before. I would not doubt. Another interesting thing about the... Uh, Remember so- when we found that bag of chocolate tie? We did, yes. Right around the block from your house. Well, that is and very that true. shit was banging. <laughs> I was afraid to smoke it. And the 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 the, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the small amount of times that I've found um, things Drugs. like consumables <laughs> in life that you you would might be want to consume, I've always been afraid. It's like even when we found that fresh pack of smokes. No, fresh pack of smokes is fine because that, that was, was uh, yeah, that was a score. Um, or as you called them, freshy fresh new newbies. Kicks. Oh, fresh new kicks. Fresh new kicks. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the other cool thing about the Sopranos is uh, they 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 record um, recorded. I'm mean, fucking retarded. Uh, they filmed a bunch 
at least in the first season, a bunch of those scenes, like literally in my neighborhood that I that I used to live in. Oh yeah, so the, I thought they were in like West Caldwell. Well, they, they I think they're supposed to be, but a lot of the a lot of the uh, scenes are in downtown Jersey City. Yeah, the, to get the more city look. Like the um the, the there's one scene where uh, the carnival, the guy dies of cancer, and they are having his funeral. Okay, and and the FBI is there and they're taking pictures. Yes, that cemetery it was three minutes yeah. away from my apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I used to walk past that cemetery every day. I know the one you're yeah, talking right, about. Yeah, right. You know, so that's cool. It's like I'm looking at at my neighborhood from a little bit before yeah. I, I moved there, which was it's very like cool. watching a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You see the fucking um, the, the clown, the clown, which, <laughs> yeah. which was also something three minutes away from where I used to live. Yeah. Uh, anyway. OK. So speaking of speaking of um, of uh, New Jersey and and drugs. Let's yes, say, exactly. I wanted to bring this up to you mm-hmm. um, over the weekend. I was I was hanging out with some friends um, and uh, and the conversation um, of as it does a lot of of heroin and the abuse of heroin in this area came up and how it's gone through the fucking roof. Unbelievably through the roof. Yeah. And um, and so normally, like, uh, I, I've dealt I've tried to deal with this front on one of the main reasons we're doing this podcast is is based on that main mm-hmm. thing, you know. And just for a quick update, I'm doing better than I probably have done in a really long time. Yeah, you're trying, right? Yes, I'm trying. I've, I've been trying. But I, as far as progress goes, I've reached a point where uh, I, I have nothing but. Uh, the desire to move forward from this fucking thing, and I feel like I'm doing much better than I have. But anyway, let's continue. Let's get no, it off no, that, that's good. That, that's I a just good wanted thing to, to know. throw that out. There. Yeah. Um, well, no, th- that is th- well. This is all part of it. So feel free to right. talk about your own situation. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. But what hit me hard, like there's people out there that I know that are drug addicts, and I'm not. I'm not a prude when it comes to drugs. You know, it's not like I'm sitting from some some pedestal and being like, oh my god, how could these people do this? I understand drugs. If we want to get political about it, I believe that all drugs should be legal. Um, and, 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 and they should put more money into counseling and stuff like that. I, I'm on that side of things. I'm that weird liberal, but, um, what had, what had, what had happened was, was. uh, what happened was, um, my friend that I was hanging out with was telling me that somebody who I've known for my whole life, um, who I respect a lot and it was just somebody that I just never would have expected would have would have gotten into it drugs. Does not discriminate, my friend. I know, but and I know that. That's why I'm trying to set this up by saying that I'm not a I'm not a prude when it comes to drugs. Mm-hmm. I understand that, and like, uh, but this person was like never even really drank. Like, ne- like she would always she would hang out, and then like when everybody started getting too fucked up, she'd dip, you know, and shit like that, and and. Uh, and I found out that she's like fucked up on heroin. She's she's living with some dude, and they're both fucked up on heroin. Yeah, and they're just they're just at their house, hold up, just fucking shooting dope. Yeah. And uh, and and it, and for some reason, it just hit me really hard. You know, like uh, and and uh, I don't, why wouldn't it though? It's a friend of yours. It's someone you've cared about for a long time, and of course, it's gonna hit you hard because uh, number one, you wouldn't expect it from that person, and number two, it's not good to hear about anybody, right? It's anybody not anybody at all. It's not good to hear about anybody. Um, but but a lot of people around here that mm. are doing it that I know that are fucked up upon uh, on it, I kind of just like okay, that sucks, but. I, I kind of see how that would happen. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you kind of accept it. You're just like, all right, well, that's the path you've been going down your whole life. Now you're here. 
you started from the bottom and now you're here. Yeah. And uh and 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 but this was a total shock to me. It would be like the last person in the world that I'd ever expect. And then you said to me, I, I text you about it, and I said, do you know that this is going on? And you were just kind of made it seem like, yeah, like th- you didn't know about yeah. that. Like she's been this way forever. And, uh, and, and, it, and I guess the reason that I'm bringing this up is that it, that it hammered home to me how bad this area – and when I say this area, I'm talking about Monmouth County, New Jersey, where we're sitting in right now – yeah. has become with this fucking drug it's an it's it it's beyond epidemic levels of 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 drug abuse where it's almost like it it's almost like people have just given up hope and they're just yeah. this is what they're dealing with yeah because let me just use this person as an example okay. right um she's uh she, she was a, a smart chick mm-hmm. um very ma- smart master very smart. Uh, had a plan from from the day that we graduated high school about what mm-hmm. she was going to do with her life yeah uh a bachelor's degree master's degree good job makes good money comes from a good family um and i know that uh, again i know that like all this isn't like indicative of uh, of like you shouldn't do drugs you know what i mean because or, 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 like there's many people out there that do that but but uh i i even knew her i even um spent some time with her as far as let's say uh, the end of like 2007 2008 when we were like 27 28 years old and uh and and you know working doing great everything like that hadn't talked to her in a long time come back now now we're in our mid 30s and and she's a fucking heroin addict yeah and i started thinking to myself how could this possibly uh like happen to this person right you know and and, and i think uh I I think what it speaks to. All right, so I I guess what I'm trying to say here is that is that there are some people that just are going to be heroin addicts, or just some people are just going to be drug addicts, and I have nothing against those people. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting here with you. You've been struggling with this for a while. You're my best friend. I'm doing this podcast with you. I, I love you, and I want you to get better. But I accept the fact that this is something that you're dealing with. Yeah. You know. I don't. I don't disassociate. If 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 I if I met somebody and I, and they were a heroin addict and they were cool, we would still hang out as long as they didn't rob me or lie to me or anything like that. Like I, it's not that type of thing. But but like to hear this from this person really started make me think like how could this happen? Mm-hmm. You know. And I think what it is, and I might be, and and this is why I wanted to talk about it because yeah. you're the expert here. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it speaks to kind of the hopelessness of of uh of i i don't want to get too grand with it but probably the hopelessness of america right now you know where where we're in this weird transition where jobs are going away that uh, does have a lot to do with right it. right that yeah that's what i'm saying jobs are going away uh degrees don't mean as much as they did mm-hmm. everybody's piled with student debt you really have no sense of of achievement no sense of you know uh like self um pride Mm-hmm. You know, and that that could be a big part to it, as you were saying. But continue. No, that, well, that's what I'm getting at. I'm just saying this in my rationalization, which I've been having for the past day or two since I heard this news about. It, it's really been on my mind a lot. I care for this person very much, even though I haven't talked to her in a very long time. Um, it, it, I consider her a very good friend, and uh, and and, and b- besides you. Um, besides when I, when I started realizing that you were going through this, this has been like the biggest blow to me hearing about this. And, yeah. You know, again, there's been imagine. a, mi- there's been a million people that I know that have succumbed to heroin. Some of them have died. Some of them are in jail. Some of them are just living, uh, you know, basic lives just fucked up and, and, and ma- barely maintaining. Yeah. And I feel for every single one of them. 
but the closer it is to home, the more it affects. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. if, or, but again, some of them I'm just like, okay, that sucks. I hope they get better, but they were kind of going that way anyway. Yeah, this to me was like a complete 180, and and so again, I'm just sitting there thinking it, it, this because ha- I feel those pressures, you know, I. I, I, I worked a job that I hated forever just so I can make money, just so I could afford to, to live and have an apartment and everything like that. Um, I dug my way out of the student loan debt. I uh, I still right now kind of don't have a direction. You know, I'm working a job that's OK. I'm doing this podcast, which is which is working or whatever. But but, you know, I'm still in that class of of I'm I'm in my mid 30s I'm uh, approaching 40 very quickly and I don't know what I'm technically what I'm doing in my life and there's that stress there right so and I think there's a a general stress all over the place that people are having with that but I didn't ever once think I'm going to start doing dope you know what I mean so what 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 is it that I mean I don't think there's one thing that leads you to doing dope um, as many people know, it started out with the prescription drugs, whether it's people jumping into their parents' medicine cabinets, whether it's a friend giving it to you, you never know what's going to lead you to heroin. That's the last thing on your mind. Even the first pill I ever took, I never thought it would lead me to heroin. I was actually even a person that didn't even like taking medicine. I wouldn't even like headache is one thing you're hungover, you take aspirin. I wouldn't like taking medications. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like against that shit. Yeah, I remember that because um, I'm the same way. I'm still the same way. But, yeah. yeah, that was my whole thing. And then uh, I, what had happened was the same old tale. You know, I work construction. I hurt my back. It was uh, getting to a point where we really had a grind to finish the job we were doing. And a boss of mine said, listen, just take this pill. And I promise you, you'll be able to finish out the day no problem. Okay, well, let me. What? When was it? What year is that? This. Well, I'm talking 2007. 2007. Yeah. Okay, so you're 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and and I was actually 26. But okay, anyway. yeah, okay, 26, 27. And um, and what was the pill? It was an oxycotton. Okay, sure. I'm 40, familiar with that. 40 milligrams of oxycotton. Okay. And I've never taken anything like that before. I took it, and let me tell you, it was like I had nothing wrong. My back problem went away. My knee problem went away. And I was able to finish out the day of work with no problem, probably at a better speed than I was without the drug. Okay. So I finished out the day, but that's not what led to my addiction. I took that pill, and I didn't even think about it again. Right. Um... Now, during this time, which I'm sure you were because we were hanging out during this time, yeah. you're, you're drinking, you're smoking weed, yeah. maybe maybe the occasional line of Coke, maybe yeah. the occasional E-tablet. Like normal. Normal people. Normal. Sure. Right. Yeah, and I was even done with E. That was old news at that point. Right. I was done with E probably six, seven years before that. Yeah, right. But um, I'm just saying drugs that, that are a little bit more socially acceptable. Exactly. Exactly. Weekend drugs. Yeah. So Recreational the, drugs. The pills started making their way into society. And I had no no desire to get into it. It wasn't something I was like, oh, yeah, this was the bomb. You know, I did it and didn't think about it again until like, the same situation arose where I hurt myself. I had to take it again just to feel better. And this went on probably for about a year, a year and a half. And uh, then I actually started looking for them. Okay. And... uh Oxycontin really wasn't my thing. I was more into the oxycodone, which is a, instead of it, what oxycontin means, it means the end of the, after the word oxy, it's, a lot of people say oxycontin. It's oxycontin, right. meaning continual. It's a continual release that gradually administers the drug throughout you 
So it's a it's smaller doses through a longer period of time. Okay. What oxycodone is is you get that motherfucker all at once and you're high as shit. It just punches you in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once I found the little blue pill, then I was like, wow, this is fucking great. You know, it got it. it it took all my pains away. I was able to work with no problem, no back pain all day long. So uh, let me, and not to interrupt, but so the oxycodone, those are what people refer to as blues. blues. Okay. Yeah. Because that is always the, the one that I hear. That's the most famous out of the pills. That's the one that, that sets everybody off. Yeah, okay. no doubt. All right. So once I found that, I was like, this is a fucking wonder drug. You know, I, I wasn't aware of the long term effects. I didn't know with, I didn't know you could withdraw off of that like you would off of heroin. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a synthetic form of heroin, but I had no idea about withdrawals. Right. So I would take those because of my back pain, because of my knee pain. I had no, it's all, I mean, I had a choice, but at the same time, my performance at work was much better because of these pills. Right. So you were taking these pills more to to get yourself through the workday than you were to to kick back and watch a movie and, and have sex or whatever. No, yeah, right, no yeah. way. And and what it actually does is you can't come on these pills. Right. Okay. You know, you can get a hard on, but you can't come, right. which sucks. Sometimes I've had to spit on my girlfriend's back and fake it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it just went. throw some fucking uh, yogurt. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. So um, that's why you have that yo play next to your bedstand. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so it, it became a work thing. And then, um, you know, these things are not cheap, man. The, at the time when I first started doing them, they were $15 a pill. And in some places now people are paying $30 a pill Oof. for these fucking things. Right. And now how long to do, uh, do one of these last? Let's say you eat one of uh, these. It depends. I started out as eating them and then I started sniffing them, okay. which was really stupid to do. But when you sniff them, you don't. There's no waiting game. Right. You sniff it. Thirty seconds later, you're high. Got it. You eat it. You got to wait at least forty five minutes. Right. So because of being at work and not having that half hour to spare, <laughs> really, I would just sniff them just because I could get right back to work and start kicking ass right away. Right. You know. And 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 just and, and it's not like sniffing something was like foreign. I mean, like you know, there's been coke and ketamine and stuff exactly. like that. So it's not like you were like some innocent person who was like, I've never put anything on my nose. And it, but you, so it wasn't. It was a. That's a kind of understandable progression. You know, I can understand that. Yeah. Okay, go on. And so you know that that was that, and uh, I still wasn't addicted because I did say, wow, you know, I started getting a feeling to where I, when I wasn't taking them, I would get nauseous. You know, I would feel not the extreme withdrawal feelings that people feel, but I started feeling them and mm-hmm. I started getting worried. So I stopped for a little while and there was no struggle. I just stopped. And then um, time went on. The winter went through. I wasn't working. I went back to work. My back was just on fire. You know, I'm a little dude and I do the work of, of a giant, right. you know, because I just don't. I, I just, that's just the way that I was taught, and I was just always pushing myself to the extreme limits at work. For people at home who don't know, Richie's a lumberjack. Yes. <laughs> um, so, of course, the pills came back to my life, and I started taking them every day, and that's when things started going really downhill. I would take the pills every so, day. So, okay, so what time, what, what, uh, where, when is this now? Since, from the day that you took your first pill to now, things are officially going downhill and you know it. How long of a time I became time super addicted to these pills in 2009. I mean, I was taking them for years, but I, I knew that I was fully addicted in 2009. Okay. 
and I was taking them every day. And everyone knows how expensive these things that's that takes them knows how expensive they are. And you end up you might your paycheck might as well be giving to you in blues. Okay. At this point. Also, let me ask this: um, uh, How were you uh, procuring these things? Obviously, you weren't. You, you didn't have a a, a doctor a, a prescription for no. I know. I was right. buying them off the street, and buying okay. off the streets is extremely expensive. Right. But there's also a whole syndicate of doctors that I know it was a lot worse probably eight years ago when this whole thing kind of popped off. Yeah. But well, I mean, that was also the glory days where you could go to like three different doctors. Well, that's what I'm saying. And I know people that uh, did that, that, yeah. that had all these doctors and, and these setups and they would buy them under the table and, and a, lot, a lot of doctors ended up getting busted. Yeah. But that is I, – I'd be remiss if I didn't at least include the fact that there was a bunch of doctors, PhDs, people – that are supposed to be in charge of keeping you healthy. That it, we're we're giving these these drugs to to even teenagers at this yeah, time yeah. in order to line their own pockets without any sense of of, of morals or anything. Exactly. Okay. These doctors were charging up to two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars just for the visit. Right. And then if you didn't have insurance, obviously you would go to fill this prescription, and based on what your count was, being from uh, sixty to one eighty. It would it would come close to almost three hundred dollars just to fill the prescription. Right. So you're paying a lot of money for these things. But right. You are paying more off the street sure. based on your addiction, but you know, going even just going to a pharmacy, you're paying out of your ass. Okay. So in 2009, I became completely addicted, and uh, I couldn't go a day without them. If I did, I'd get really sick. Right. So a year later, I found out that there was the wonderful world of heroin that is much more cheaper than these pills and gives you the same, if not better, effect than these pills. And to me, that put in my head that, you know, heroin's not such a dirty thing if it's the same thing that you're getting from the pharmacy only in pill form. Because it, if you feel the same exact way, how is it not the same drug just because it's controlled by the FDA? Right, sure, and it, which is a valid point. It's not. You know, it's it's uh, it, for anybody out there who believes that that oxycotton or oxycodone is in heroin isn't just legal heroin. Yeah, it's morphine. That, that's that these companies are making money off of those those drugs weren't created to to uh, to to help people in any way. Those drugs are created to get people addicted, yeah, so that these to, these ease com- the pain. It's basically legalized drug addiction, drug yeah, dealing. Right? Exactly what it is. And the fact that they, that that, uh, that people doctors out there would prescribe these drugs to children is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That, that happens as yeah, well. Yeah, they just approve ten year olds to get. Oxycontin. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And that all that is is lobbying from, from from what's called Big Pharma, which even though I, I hate saying that because I feel like I'm well, that's a, what a it tree is. hugger, that's but what it is. just to make money, just to keep uh, to, to keep the poorer people in the middle class down. Okay, exactly. go on, continue. Um, so, you know, I found heroin, and it was much more cheaper. Okay, so... And that was my so big thing. Can I ask you how... So how did this come across, right? So, like... Uh, like um, it, w- w- was there somebody that you're hanging out with that was doing it, or you did you actively go seeking it because you couldn't uh, afford the blues anymore? Well, what happened was we had hired a new guy at work who mm-hmm. was a heroin addict. Okay, and he said, "Why are you taking these things when you can be taking this, which is much cheaper?" I was like, "I'll give it a try." Right, I gave it a try. Of course, I didn't shoot it; I sniffed it. Right, but it was cheaper and better. So it it actually felt better, yeah, than the the oxycodone. Yeah, it, it helped. It helped with the pain, right? Yeah, the pain didn't exist, right? It was just like taking the pill. It was instant, and I had and my you know, 
my money wouldn't dwindle as fast as it once did. And and you were still effective at work while doing heroin? 100%. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I wouldn't take it to the point where I was falling asleep at work and doing all that shit. No. I would take just enough to where I could perform and my work was actually going much better. Right. You know, it's not like I was, you know, writing, I wasn't presenting PowerPoints and, you know, doing uh, crunching numbers for the stock market. I right. was doing construction. You know, I get it. Just stuff to, you know, back backbreaking work. Yeah. You know, so this actually helped a lot and I didn't have any problems at work. So I would just, you know, dabble here and there with the heroin. It was a lot cheaper and it made it better. And I'm sure no matter what your job is, no matter what you're doing, this has been besides maybe nowadays kids are jumping straight to the heroin. Uh But this is the most common progression of how it's happened. At least in this last resurgence of it, I I would believe that 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 is what it is. Because the more people that I talk to that are struggling with this now... Um, most of them seem like they've gone the same the same route. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But at the point when you were when you started to actually do heroin, um, was there like so? You said you know it made you feel better at work, but you were already hooked on some sort of morphine, right? right? So like, do you think psychologically you were just kind of like that that like you said before the thing where you're like, well, this is actually the same thing as this, and just because this is FDA regulated and this isn't, this doesn't mean that this is a dirty drug. But we grew up, even me and you who who have experimented with drugs, we're in bands and we've done everything. I mean, I've always grown up just ever like just thinking like you just don't do heroin, like yeah, do everything else, you just just don't do heroin. I always thought that same exact right. So, do you think that there was some sort of psychological like uh, like compromise that you were making with yourself at that time? Absolutely. My compromise was I've already been doing it through these pills. What's the difference? Right. So your so your your barrier there of of when you would normally look at somebody who did heroin or that drug heroin itself and think like okay I'm not going to cross that line, you had uh, kind of already teetered on that line. So then you kind of convinced yourself that it was okay. It to was cross okay. That line. Yeah, it yeah. was okay. I'm not right. going to harm myself anymore. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm never going to shoot it. I'm never going to overdose. I do it just for this reason, and I'm okay. Right. And, uh, you know, and of course, like anyone knows, it started taking a toll on my personal life. Sure. Um, bills weren't getting paid. Um, family was noticing a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've told you before, I've never I've never beaten anyone for money. I've never asked for a loan to get my drugs. I've never stolen anything. I've never, you know, all the all the, the stereotypical things that go along with being a drug addict. I would never sink myself to that level because I would never want it to be. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. if I couldn't get my drugs and I had no resources to get my drugs, I suffered. Right. You know, I would never take it to a point where I did. I wouldn't let my addiction, besides maybe the emotional family thing, I would never let my addiction affect others. Right. Ever. Uh, and 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 I I could attest to that. I believe that what you're saying there is true. Have I ever asked you for a dollar? No, right. And if I if it ever came to that point, you would be the first person I would come to. Be like, can I borrow fifty bucks? Yeah. You know? No, I get so that. I've never ever yeah brought that to, to that point. But you are uh, in the very very small minority when it comes to that. I know, I know, and trust me, I know. <laughs> but um you know eventually you know that started snowballing um like i said bills weren't getting paid my job was suffering um i would come out to hang out with you guys and i'd be because 
you know, a lot of you guys, you know, you thought I was on drugs straight up, but a lot of it did have to do with work. I was doing drugs at work all day. So, of course, when I came out at night, I was just fucking dead tired. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on the drugs anymore. I worked in the hot sun all day on drugs. Right. So, of course, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start to fall asleep. Yeah, no, that's fine. We don't yeah. even have to go into that. Yeah, but. we don't have to, but I'm just like... Well, I was... I, I personally was naive about it because um, there was a long time where I knew you were fucked up, but I thought you were just fucked up on the pills. I remember me and you even had a... Con- well, I... At that time, I didn't. I didn't really start doing heroin until the point where we all start. I stopped hanging out. Yeah, right. You know, I was just on pills. No, I know, but I'm even talking after that because I remember at one point. Now this is a few years ago now, so you were heavy into it at this point. And I had called you. We had kind of started talking again. We hadn't talked in a while, probably over a year. And uh, and I called you. And, um, and you were, you were really kind of reaching out at that point and wanting to get clean yeah. and, um, <clears throat> and, and you were real emotional and me, I remember me and you had a long talk on the phone and I, and I was, I was, uh, ignorant of the whole situation because what I used to always say when we would talk about you is I would be like, oh, those fucking pills, those fucking <clears throat> blues. Like yeah. I would always be like it, what annoys me about Richie being all fucked up is that he's doing these stupid drugs, like a fucking, like a stupid housewife. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, if he's going to make sense. I was like, if he's going to be that fucked up, why doesn't he just be a man and just do heroin and get it over with? <laughs> I had no idea that you're... And I said that to you during this conversation. And I, I don't remember that. And I, I remember saying, I was like, Richie, you know, the thing that bothers me the most is you're fucking around with these stupid pills like you're some fucking abused housewife. I was like, why don't you just do heroin? I remember you just stopped and you're like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> and I was just like, I remember being like, fuck. Well, the first time I remember actually being on or doing heroin around you guys was your... Halloween party at your Jersey City apartment. Right. Which we've had a few of those. So which what year was this? Uh, the one where uh I slept over and got us all breakfast in the morning and Okay. Yeah, because I remember I dropped like five bags of heroin in your toilet. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for telling me this now on the podcast. <laughs> But I mean, okay, so that had to be a few years ago. I've been that at- was uh, Halloween two thousand and thirteen. Okay. That's when my heroin addiction really started. That okay. That's when it started. Like t- 2012. Uh-huh. Well, I started, you know, dabbling in 2010, 2011, but in 2012, I really can't. Like, I would still do the pills, mm-hmm. you know, and I never really stopped doing the pills. But it was more of just like a side thing if I couldn't really get heroin. But you know, around 2013, it became 2012, 2013. It became just strictly heroin. Right. And that and and um. And I still haven't even shot it yet at this point. Okay, right. So I was really just sniffing it. Right, but it was it was bad enough that it was a problem. Of course. So what what brought you from which which is I, I believe uh, it probably is the last step. You know, like that is like because you even can bring yourself up to that line. So you're like, okay, you know, I'm gonna fuck around with weed. I'm gonna fuck around with booze and coke and ecstasy and, and ketamine and and all this stupid shit. But uh, I'm never gonna touch heroin, right? right? And then you start doing the pills and you're like, oh, you know, like, I, I really like this feeling and I feel sick when I don't do it and I don't have this much money. So you start rationalizing to yourself, well, you know, heroin can't be that bad. I'm already kind of doing it in pill form, right? But I'm never going to shoot it. I'm just going to start sniffing it, right? Yeah. So then you, you cross that line and now you're sniffing heroin and then that becomes your main thing. What At what point do you say I need to start sh- actually injecting this into my veins? Um. It, it, it really just doesn't happen. Like, it's not like a decision that just clicks in your brain. Um, I kind of just did it just out of curiosity. Yeah. You know, I, I never wanted to do it, 
but I would always think to myself, if if it's this good sniffing it, I can't imagine how good it could possibly be shooting it. You weren't you af- weren't you afraid of? I was definitely afraid. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm not. I'm not afraid of needles. You know, I was. I was always the guy that went to the doctor and had to watch them do it because I was just. You know, just to, to see, and I was never, it never bothered me. I was, I never had a problem with needles. So I think from that, just from that made it easier for me. Uh huh. And, uh, I just wanted to just, just out of curiosity, I wanted to see what it was like. And yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Okay. Really liked it a lot. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, and that's, I'm sure that that's a general consensus. You know, yeah. people aren't getting hooked on this drug because it makes them feel bad. People are getting hooked on this drug because it makes them feel really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. But then they have to maintain ever, ever yeah. after that. And that's what makes people suicidal. That's what makes people hate their lives. And that's what makes you feel like there's no coming back. Right. And, and, and so, I mean, thank you for going through that whole, your whole process there. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause it's the only one I know. I'm sure a lot of people are, have similar processes and can relate to that. But I, I, you know, I really, I don't enjoy talking about myself like that. But I feel like if I do, if I talk about what I know, then maybe everyone gets the big picture and can relate or see where the flaws are and kind of. Yeah, no, right. So and I really have, you know, that that's who I am at this point. I'm not proud of it. I hate it. I try and improve it every day of my life. It's one of the hardest things ever that anyone could possibly go through, I think. And uh, whatever that that's who I am at this point. And. I have no problem talking about it because it doesn't make me a bad person. No, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not doing anything harmful to anybody except myself. And maybe loved ones are upset about it. But at the same time, what? What am I going to do? Fucking snap my fingers and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm doing this to everybody. Let me just be a better person. No, I'm really trying for myself. And if that's not good enough. Then you obviously don't even care. <laughs> so whatever. Sure, and 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 um and I I think I take that position with you. You know, this whole podcast was kind of sparked from the point of you know uh, like I, I wanted to try to help you get out of your rut while I was in this area. This is something creative we could do. Yeah, it's kind of taken on a life of its own now, and I'm, it's this is great. And we don't even really discuss the heroin thing as much, mm-hmm. although we consistently will because it's a big part of it. But um. But uh, I, I, I don't I don't I wouldn't ever blame anybody. You know, the only time that I would get I get mad at junkies is if they're robbing and stealing and lying. Yeah, you exactly. know, like we had an ex band member who is who is uh, who, who has since passed away. Yeah. But we had to deal. He was a junkie. He was a junkie before anybody was a junkie um and uh that we knew and uh he was always constantly lying and robbing mm-hmm. and stealing you never knew what was true you never blah blah, right. blah and that was always the bad taste that i had in my mouth you know right, right. but but i but i care too much about my friends and my family and things that i do have that are positive to combine those worlds right i mean me being high somewhere in my mind isn't combining worlds me stealing from somebody or me doing something that is really bringing that bad part of your life into the good part of your life yeah and to me like i like to keep them completely separate well uh, yeah like, but sometimes if i'm high and someone calls me i don't even want to answer the phone yeah sure you know no i get that uh, but i mean you do also have to respect the fact that let's say your brothers or me or somebody like that you know is worried about the fact that you are high someplace because right. it's not the safest thing to do I understand. you know like like things shit could go sideways quick so it's not like uh, okay as long as he's at, he's out of our sight it, like out of sight out of out of mind kind of thing right. you have to respect both sides i of know it. i understand it yeah. i totally understand it 
I guess I guess what I what I was asking you and 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 your story kind of helped is is how somebody because you're kind of the same thing as this person that I'm talking about, you know, like, yeah, actually, you're probably even more understandable that you've gone this route just because of, of the history of, of boozing. And, you know, the, yeah. the person I'm talking about, as far as I know, wasn't ever even into that, you know, and it's like, it's, it's just, well, I was never into boozing. No, no. The person that I started this conversation that I was talking oh, about, right, right, right. our friend that I just found out the right, other day, right. you know? Like and uh, and so I guess the reason that I brought this up is that I mean I'm sure everybody has their individual story, but the more and more I hear about it, it kind of seems like the same thing. It's the pills from the doctors yeah. into not being able to afford it into the fucking heroin, and before you know it, yeah. people who never in their wildest dreams would have ever thought that they were going to be heroin addicts. Because I guarantee you, this this girl that we know that I that I, that I'm talking about, if even I don't know when she started doing it or whatever, hey, you know for a fact she does heroin. That's what I was told. That's what you're told. Right? And, and, you know, and, um, and I'm sure that she does, but even not the, the general metaphor is out there. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that person in their life, um, that you're, that you hear that is fucked up on heroin. I'm sure you've been that person for a lot of people yeah. that you're just like, what? How the fuck did that happen? And, it, and, and more and more as I've been, I feel like I'm not that surprising though. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. I've always been a little like, you know, over the top when it came to, uh, you know, inebriation. Yeah, no, I understand. But what I'm saying is that everybody has that person in their life yeah. or multiple of them. Yeah, yeah. And for me, you were that person um, because, yeah, me and you would, would always get messed up together. But I never thought never that you thought would take that, that final yeah. jump. I know. You know. I never thought so. Either. Right. But uh, but the more and more I hear about people, it's almost like I, I, I go out to a bar. I talk to a few people. And, it's and you all, find out a new person that's on heroin. Every yeah. single fucking yeah. time. That's how it and is. It's, and it's just becoming uh, this area that, you know, I grew up in this area. I've come back to this area as kind of a sabbatical to get my life together. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it's, and it's, it's great and it's working. And I'm looking forward to getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, which is another thing. I, it, we'll talk about that next episode because we're running out. Of, uh, but I, I've officially started my descent into minimalism. But we'll talk about that next episode. Okay. But um, but. But to now to come back after all these years, and it wasn't like I was in California or something, but still I was separated from it. I didn't know the severity of the situation. And to see people that I grew up with that are still in their hometown, just fucked up on heroin, it, it's, it's crazy. This yeah. is, and, and we're not in our 20s. We're in our fucking 30s. We're, we're pushing, we're, we're on, the, on the bad half of 32. You know, we're getting closer to 40. <laughs> and the pe- bad half. Yeah, that's right. And, that's and, right. and, and more and more and more. It's just more of that. And, and that's, and I guess I, I, there's no answer to it. But I guess by bringing this up, the question that I at least wanted to raise was, is there more out there that's making this happen? Is it the economical strain? Is it the is it people's just general hopelessness? Is it is it some wide uh, spread depression? Is it or, or is it a bunch of people with weak heads who couldn't couldn't party right? I mean, and what is? Now, I could tell you my personal. I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody. Yeah, right. But I'm going to tell you where I come from. Okay. Or I, I would say my heavy drug addiction a drug addiction began when we stopped playing music. Right. And it sounds like a cop-out excuse, you know what I mean? But if it was a cop-out excuse, I could say it was because my mom died. Right. I could say it was because I had a broken home and I, I wasn't fucking hugged enough. Right. But that is all just cop-out excuses that people use for the drug addiction. Right. But what I'm going to say is, when I lost the passion of my life, that was music. Right. When I stopped playing music, there I had to fill a void. Right. 
And from being so depressed and feeling like I failed and feeling like I couldn't do what I wanted to do, not that drugs did fill that void, but what it did was it just made me feel like everything was going to be okay. Sure. Yeah. You know? And that uh, that's what it was, pretty much. I mean, yeah, like my back hurt, this, that, and the other thing. But then from taking the drugs to, to, to help my back pain, it also helped my mental pain. Sure. You know? Yeah. So I guess when you find something that can do that, which is so easy to do that, besides easy on your wallet, but when it's, e- it's something that easy, you turn to it. And it's it's almost like a psychologist in a little pill. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, all narcotics are an escape, you know? Yeah. Like, I, again, I'm not sitting here on... I, I drink way too... I do two things. One's legal and very harmful. One's illegal and, 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 and not, not so harmful, harmful whatsoever. Yeah. And those are the two things that I do. On I, mm-hmm. on the spectrum of uh, intoxication, they're very, very, very low. Yeah. And let me tell you, Dev, I dream... Of the person that could sit down, have a cocktail, and smoke weed, and be okay with it. That's my, it's like my, like, that's my dream to mm-hmm. be that person. I hate the fact that I do drugs. There, I go through these peaks and valleys where I'm like, you know what? This is who I am. I'm just going to be a drug addict and go through my life the best that I can without having to conquer this thing. But then I'm like, who the fuck am I kidding? Right. It's not me. I'm not that person. I'm ruining. I'm sucking out all my creativity. I'm ruining the person I am by doing this drug. I am gonna be that guy that just drinks and smokes weed. Mm-hmm. I am gonna go through the this, this suffering and take care of it. It's just I really wish this fucking suffering was not so intense, right? Because it really fucking is. It's not just physical. It, 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 the physical shit. I can eat that more than anything. If someone's gonna tell you, "Oh, the physical, you throw them up. It's like the flu. You're a bunch of bitches. You know <laughs> for a fact that that's not what keeps you on heroin. What keeps you on heroin is that you are mentally addicted to doing." heroin right it's like kicking any addiction cigarettes or anything like that and and i think we've even discussed this on an earlier podcast and i believe that to be true if 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 the if the whole thing of kicking heroin was just people didn't want to go through the pain of of uh of withdrawal and detox um then a lot more people would kick it but i think it's that mixed with the fact that you really deep down inside don't want to stop doing that. right yeah. right because that's what they always say like when you're ready to stop you stop right and yeah, so I, look, I, we got to wrap this up soon because we're going over. But but the whole thing, it, it's 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 been boiling for a very long time. Um, I, I started this episode. I had a bunch of stats on my phone. I was going to bring up. I didn't even bring those up. But we, we have time. We could always talk some other time about yeah, it. Yeah, right. But but even just and I'm using New Jersey as an example because sure, we're the cesspool right now. Right. But I, I'm sure there's a, a million other places and in the United real States. Real quick, the biggest problem with that is that we are the hub of where the heroin comes into this country. And there's, uh, you know, when in different parts of the country, there are different types of heroin, but the heroin that we get is the most pure because mm-hmm. where the docks that it comes into, where there is accessibility, we have the best heroin in this country. Mm-hmm. The heroin that we get can be sold in Colorado and and those the Midwest 
for triple the amount that we buy for. Right. And it's probably been stepped on and everything since then. It's it's different type of heroin. Yeah, right. The heroin we get is called China White, and mm-hmm. I'm flying these shrimp in the air. Yeah. They're called China White. And Are you it's... sure you weren't grabbing two dicks with your fingers right there? <laughs> two small dicks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called China White, and people fucking love it. And that's, you know, people die from it and shit because it's so goddamn pure. And when you go out west, people get, you know, that black tar heroin. They get this shit called gun, not gunpowder. Some I forget what it's called, but it's like this shit you got to mix with water just to sniff it and it's dog shit and they hate it and to get the dope that we get they pay triple the amount that we pay mm-hmm. but it's just the, the heroin that we get into new jersey pennsylvania and new york is the most incredible heroin you could get in the united states of america right and so you think that that's also aiding the whole to all these the fact that ODs. this area yeah you know and also and also i think that there's there's been a, a denigration of the suburbs you know, I think that there's there's a oh, yeah. there's a, a paradigm shift that's happening where you know it used to be that all the poverty and everything was in the city, and then when once anybody got a little bit of money, they'd move out to the suburbs. Mm. But in our lifetime, we've seen that re- reverse, yes. where 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 all the poverty and I could even say, and I know we're going way over here, and we'll wrap up soon, but okay. I could say even coming back mm. here, this has never been an affluent area. I mean, th- th- this town that we're in right now is it's a decent town. It's not it's not poverty, but it's it's not <laughs> it's not also overly wealthy. Right, but but at least the people that I saw growing up in this area were were upper middle class people, yeah, decent families. I'm now since I've been back here, that is not what I see here. Right, I see a lot. I see a lot of uh, of uh, of extreme poverty. Um, a lot of people that that let, let's you know, I go to the supermarket and I see people that are like like in like ripped sweatpants and like 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 looking. Oh, that's like, always been that way. Man. No, I'm talking about like bad. Like you would curlers in the hair. Like if you were to if you were to 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 take a video camera to the local shop right or something like that. You think and it's not, worse than it used to be? Yes, it certainly really. Is. Yeah, I could feel it. I think we just notice it more because we're older. But I feel like this this area has always been high in the WT. I think that right. Well, no, there's definitely been white trash elements here i'm not trying to act like it wasn't right what i'm saying is that there's very much more so now than there was and i think that that's a continuing trend but but is that it, it so with that does the the heroin addiction come with that or does the heroin addiction cause that you Can see these you. right i know I, i'm not a, i'm not asking for exact answers right, right, here. I understand. these are just questions that i'm putting out to the world yeah you know and if anybody out there again we talk to this from time to time richie's richie's suffering and trying to get through this and if there's anybody out there that is suffering and trying to get through this thing or has any more insight on this whole situation yeah. give an alias name i'll talk to you about it yeah you know? right uh, feel free to email us awkward uh high five podcast oh yeah exactly or i can email you back right that will just show me how to do that sure well yeah what'll happen <laughs> is i'll sit here and type and you'll walk back and forth in a room and and, and uh, dictate it to me exactly no but um but yeah email us awkward high five podcast at gmail.com all, all that stuff but uh we got to get going um and uh, thank you for being so honest about that no this problem episode. that's all i want to be and uh, people who listen to this podcast probably don't know which way is which because one episode we're screaming and acting like we're big and smalls <laughs> and the next episode we're having an after school schedule uh, uh, special about yeah. drug addiction. Hey, but man. that's what you get with the Awkward High Five podcast. Exactly. So anyway, it was good talking today. Yeah. Um, leave those reviews, baby, baby. Go to iTunes and leave reviews so we can have this party. Although that's going to be a slow drip until that happens, but exactly. we promise you that it'll happen. A written review on iTunes will really help us out. 
And uh, all you Twitter people, follow us on Twitter. I promise if you do, we could start doing some fun stuff and actually and actually get a little bit more uh, uh, involved with the, with the people who actually listen to the podcast. So follow us on Awkward, uh, at Twitter, uh, um, at AwkwardHI, the number five. So that's AwkwardHI5 at Twitter. And like I said, if you want to talk about anything, email us and we'll be here for you. And we'll see you guys in a uh, few short days. Wrapped in paper inside glass My eyes were red when you were here But now you're not in there clear, my dear Hey lover, where did you go? I'm not high and I'm not low If I knew a breakup, man, I can't break you up And taste you again With love, with breath, wanna smoke you up Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.